Thanks for tuning in. This is Carlos. And this is Giselle. And you're listening to a true crime podcast about some famous and not so famous heists. And the masterminds and knuckleheads behind them. This is Thievery Podcast. Episode nine of Thievery Podcast. How are you doing, Giselle? Doing great. And I can actually ask you that today because I haven't seen you all day today. So I know. Wow. It's nice to see your Shocker. Mug. Shocking. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what's happening? What's anything crazy happening this week? Um, this week, no. Absolutely not. You, weren't you just telling me a crazy story about Alaska <laughs> oh, yeah. Airlines, like a, a, a door flew off? Yeah, what, what, what I can't happened? believe you hadn't heard that story. I no, um, people, they were on the plane, they were flying and midway through their flight. Actually, I think right after they took off, the emergency door like fell out. <laughs> Did anybody get sucked out like in the movies? No, no. Thank goodness. No one got hurt. They were able to land. Everyone's OK. But can you imagine how traumatic that's like my ultimate that would fear. be that's why when you told me that story i was like oh my god that's like my ultimate fear the first thing i thought of was like people that hold their kids on their lap how oh. terrifying oh yeah for sure so yeah crazy 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 story look it up if you haven't heard about this story that is crazy yeah terrifying new fear unlocked <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. D- didn't like uh, an, uh, like a few months back. Didn't like somebody like open the door up like mid-flight too. Like what's up I don't with know. People? I don't know. What's up with airlines? The people you know, cannot get it under control on uh, at airports. I mean, it's one thing for a airplane. person to open the door. It's another thing for the door to just literally fall out mid-flight. So. It's crazy. Something about the airport that just <laughs> brings out the evil in people. And I don't then, like, know. Full on panic. Full on panic. Never flying again. I'm just gonna be a. <laughs> She's going to drive wherever I mean, I if, go. if that were to ever happen, I would never fly. If, that, if I were on a flight and that happened, I would never fly again. Hands yeah, down. Definitely easily. not. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get let's get into today's episode. Let's do it. All right. So today's episode takes place in 1997. <laughs> and like we always do at this time, I like to set the scene of the year. And uh, I think we've actually done a 97 before. We have? Yeah, we did. But um, it's Is okay. this Princess Diana year? It is a Princess Diana year. But okay. don't worry, I found some other things that happened 97. Okay. In 1997, Bill Clinton is sworn into office for his second term oh, as the president of the United States of America. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because like a year later... All we all we would be talking about is him getting that blowjob by Monica Lewinsky. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, blowing loads on dresses dominated the news in '98. <laughs> but we're <What>? in '97. <laughs> so anyway, disgusting. George Clooney is given the rank of the sexiest man alive, and there is no rebuttal there. Back in 1997. 1997, he was the. He sexiest is consistent. Consistent. <laughs> That beautiful man can sell Nespresso to a blind man. He is one handsome dude. Tyra Banks was the first black woman to have a solo Sports Illustrated cover issue. I took a look at that issue for research purposes. (laughs) Very nice. Very, very nice. So creepy. Yeah. I don't know what's bigger, her boobies or her forehead. Because... That chick's got a dome piece on her. 
It's true, man. Oh, if she if she ever God. headbutted somebody, she would get arrested for assault with a deadly weapon. Carlos. That thing is <laughs> chromagnum head. <laughs> oh my God. Ellen DeGeneres came out to the world as gay. Uh back then that was uh pretty shocking. Um paving the way for others, you know, because back back then like they thought her career was over when she did that, but yeah, I yeah, I remember that. But no, you know, uh, people like really like riled up around her mm-hmm. and like, you know, backed her up. Um, and no jokes there. I'm not trying to get canceled before episode <laughs> I 10, was so waiting for something. I I'm like, God, were. I was like biting my tongue like, oh, God, what is he going to say? I'm like, nope, not, not going there. Not touching that. <laughs> uh, lots of big shows premiered in 97 as well. Uh, Daria, which was that, you know, hipster girl before hipster was a thing. Don't know what that is. It's created by the Beavis and Butthead guys. Super popular show, but you were too young for that. Yeah, 100%. Remember King of the Hill? Is mm. that like redneck hillbilly comedy? I remember that. I never watched it. I know what show that is. Damn it, Bobby, it. quit whacking in my tool shed. Again, did not watch. I was watching Disney Channel. Yeah. Um, South Park, which everybody knows. Of course. 1,000% was not allowed to watch that. Still going strong. <laughs> yeah. And... Seinfeld was in its final season. They were starting their final season. Wow. In 97. Crazy, huh? That is crazy. Some of the biggest songs in 97. Remember that song by Hanson? Of course. Of that was course. a mega jam back in the day. I actually listened to it again like to, to re- while I was doing this That research. was their only jam. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was awful. A total piece of shit song. <laughs> horrible my cousin had the cassette tape for I was the just about to tell you, i bought the cassette tape i remember that at specs music i bought that cassette tape it's I terrible i literally vividly. listened to it like maybe like okay well back in 97 it was a jam it was a hit it was on the radio yeah it was a terrible song they sound like three girls <laughs> awful they're no jonas brothers that's for sure no they're not <laughs> aqua released I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Oh my that song? God, of course. Who doesn't Just know that so song? so fitting right now with the Barbie movie being... What an annoying song. I'm sorry. Yeah, that song I'm sucked. sorry. It's terrible. But how about this banger? Leanne Rimes released, How do I live without you? That's why you've been singing that song yeah, probably. all week. I'm like, where does he get these songs? Now I'm putting two and two together yeah, from the research for the show. Belt these things out in the shower. I think randomly you start singing like Leanne Rhymes, and I'm like, why? Why is he singing this? Yeah, the research is getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry I had to put you through that, but I'm sure that song was everybody's wedding song in 1997, right? How do I How live do I live without you? you? I want to know. I think so, right? Like that's like a such a romantic, slow that's dancing. So song. cheesy, yeah. I think so. I guess. Uh, some big movies um, that were released in 97 were um, Liar Liar with Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. which is a good one. Um, J-Lo became a household name when she blew up after she played Salinas oh, in the movie Selena. I was obsessed with that movie as a kid. I used to like watch it and then like pause it and then reenact scenes. Yeah, the only time I would pause that movie is when to see J-Lo's big butt in that purple dress in the intro. You remember that? Of course. I love that movie so much. Yeah, she has a keister piece on her, that girl. <laughs> um, also, Dante's Peak and Volcano, two movies based on volcanoes in the same year came out. Back-to-back volcano movies. What were they trying to do to us back then? I don't know. It doesn't matter which one you watch. It's going to blow. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, neither movie was magnificent. Oh no, no, you were good with this kind of loud. You should have just stopped it right there. I know, just some dad jokes to make you erupt <laughs> no. with laughter. Oh no, that was three, three volcano jokes, that's, and that's plenty. Yeah, move it, move it along. Okay, I'm done. And now that you're familiar with the era, let's get into some thievery. <laughs> It's September 12th, 1997. It's around midnight. Workers at a Dunbar cash facility in Los Angeles, California, are going about their normal routines. And Dunbar is just like a security company, Mm -hmm. like Brinks and all Mm -hmm. that. So they're going about their normal routines. Um, There were five employees total in the building working that Friday night. Two security guards and three money counters. The money counters were doing their usual counting, sorting, getting ready for the next day's pickups. You know, the normal thing. While a security guard on duty was taking his lunch break in the break room around 1230 a.m. All of a sudden, five masked men carrying weapons enter the Dunbar facility. They run into the break room with the usual, get on the fucking ground, hands up, don't move. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole normal Mm -hmm. routine. Um, and they immediately tie up the first guard who was probably like two bites into his dinner. Wait, pause. It's midnight. You said it's midnight. Yeah, it's midnight, but it's his lunch break. They call it lunch break. Yeah, it's his lunch break, but like, how do they get in there? The doors aren't locked. They just like, they just barged in. Well, this is just how it happens. (laughs) Maybe more will be disclosed as we go Okay, because that's already odd to me. Yeah. Okay. Boom. Okay. 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 They, uh, so yeah, they immediately tied that first guard up who mm-hmm. was eating his dinner. And, uh, it, like if this was like a, ch- a cheesy true TV reenactment, he was probably drinking like a cup of coffee, eating like a shitty, like ramen noodle cup, you know, the one of those <laughs> microwave cups I, I picture. Or like stereotypically he was like eating a donut or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Mm-hmm. I would like to think this guy had like a massive spread out in front of him, you know, <laughs> but they would never do that. Highly yet. doubtful. Yeah. Like a beef Wellington. They don't have budget. Risotto. They don't have budget for that. In yeah. <laughs> Watching too much uh, Gordon Ramsay there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that security guard, he gets his hands and feet duct taped. Another security guard who was wrapping up his shift, about to go home, gets slammed onto the ground and duct taped as well. And I feel extra shitty for this guy. He's about to go home after a long shift and then this happens. Oh, terrible. Uh, terrible. All I would be thinking about is I hope I don't get my head blown off and I hope I get overtime for this. Yeah, it's so because awful. this is terrible. So the robbers have both security guards tied up. And they make their way into the vault room where the three that were counting the money had no idea this was even happening. One of the robbers stayed back with the security guards in case one of them tried to be a hero. Um, and the others entered the vault room. They immediately tied up the staff and threatened to kill them if they tried anything. Wow, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Once all the workers were tied up, they entered the actual vault. So they were like on the, mm-hmm. the room on the outside you mm-hmm. know, counting the money before. All right. Um, So um, one of the robbers was letting the other robbers know what money bags they should grab. Mm -hmm. You know, this robber knew which piles contained like the largest bills of non-sequentials. So this guy was like, hmm. Yeah. They loaded um, they loaded all the money into like these big rolling bins. And once they had all the money loaded into these bins, the robber that was in charge, the one that was giving like orders which ones to grab. He calls with like a headset. He had like a little headset on under his mask. Mm-hmm. He calls up the getaway driver and tells him to 
to pull up. Okay. Okay. He pulls up in a big U-Haul truck. Okay. And they begin loading the money into the back of the U-Haul truck. Mm-hmm. Before they leave the facility, the lead robber and another robber go to the security office and pull out the surveillance recording equipment. Okay. They also go to another room where they had another security recording device that was hidden. Okay. So it was like, um, they had like a hidden recorder in another room. Like and they in knew a closet, about it. And they knew about it. Okay. Fishy. Super fishy. After the truck is loaded with the cash and the recording devices, the robber in charge tells them to take off. The leader and another robber head back into the vault and they take the keys of the shift supervisor. Okay, they take his keys mm-hmm. for his truck and they make their escape as well. The whole heist took less than 30 minutes. No. Yeah. And the robbers got away with 18.9 million dollars. Wow. Today that would be worth about 35 million dollars making this the largest cash heist in US history. Wow. Still to this day. Oh wow, that's yeah, crazy. Crazy. They actually just beat out the Loomis Fargo heist that we covered in episode 4, which coincidentally happened in 97 as well. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, 97 was a crazy year for wow. like heists. Yeah. Um, one of the security guards, uh, he manages to wiggle out of his duct tape and he calls 911. The police arrive and since this money is federally insured, the FBI arrives as well. And the first thing they do is they secure the crime scene and they start interviewing all the witnesses and all the witnesses describe the robbers the same as being four black males and one Hispanic or light skinned male. Other than that, they couldn't tell much due to the mass mm-hmm. and whatnot. You know, they couldn't see anything. After the investigators um, talked to all the employees, um, they immediately thought that this was an inside job for a bunch of reasons. Yeah, and I let's can imagine. Just go down them. Number one, the five robbers moved around the facility with ease. They knew where everything was and there was like no wasted movement. It was just like yeah. they had everything figured out. Number two, they knew which bags of money to grab from the vault. The big bills, they left all the little bills, mm-hmm. non-sequentials. They left all the checks and all that crap. They didn't mess with it. Number three, when they took the vault manager's truck keys, they never asked what vehicle he had. Oh. It's like they just knew exactly what truck it was. You yeah. Know, like someone just grabs your keys and just like goes to open your car. Like, I don't think they had a little like. Yeah. Without hesitation. They yeah, knew exactly know. what key belonged to which car. Exactly. Number four, a few of the employees thought they recognized the voice of the lead robber. Um, they just had trouble putting a, you know, a face to the to the voice, you mm-hmm. know? And of course you're like in panic, you're face down. Yeah. It's all happening so quickly. Yeah. I understand that. Number five. Remember when they pulled out the surveillance recorders? Well, one of them was in the security office, but the other one, like I said, was hidden in a locked closet. Yeah. And none of the employees even knew about that. The only people that knew were like a couple security guards. Hmm. So it's kind of fishy. Yep. And number six, and this is a big one. When the investigators checked the facility door, it looked like it was broken into. But after the forensic team took a look at it, they realized that they used a key to open the door. Uh, 
And See? the robbers damaged the door to make it look like they broke in. Okay. Which was kind of smart. Yeah. But forensics. Psh, yeah. Yeah, you can't be forensics. Yeah, okay. From that point, I was like, that's so weird. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. So after the investigators completed the search of the crime scene, the only thing they could find was a broken taillight from the suspect's getaway vehicle. Hmm. Okay, so not much to go on at all. So what the FBI did was they gave the media a basic vague description of the robbers, you know, like height, weight, mm. race, things like that. They also offered a reward for any information leading to an arrest. Um, and also the FBI investigators determined that the taillight cover belonged to a specific kind of U-Haul truck. But other than that, they had nothing else. Okay, and there's like millions of U-Haul trucks. So yeah. Like, so figure out which one is like here we go so a few weeks later the vault manager went to the fbi office to tell them that he thinks he recognized the voice of one of the robbers the lead robber actually so like i guess after like you know every night you have ptsd every night you're sleeping in bed you're really thinking, you're thinking about, about it, it you're like whoa this, this this sounds familiar and um he was a maintenance slash inspector of the Dunbar trucks at the facility who coincidentally coincidentally enough was fired a day before the robbery uh-huh. a man by the name of Alan Pace Alan Pace worked for the company for a little more than a year kind of crazy he got fired the day before right yeah. like this all goes down yep after he was fired he still hadn't turned his keys back into the company either Okay, there you go. So Alan becomes suspect number one off the bat, you know. So the FBI goes to Alan's house in Compton, California, to ask him some questions. And, you know, they did the normal, you know, questions, questionnaire that they ask. And Alan said he did know about the robbery, but that's because it was all over the news. (laughs) And uh, but that the night of the robbery, he had an alibi. Hmm. Okay, he was at a house party with his girlfriend a woman named Tamiko Carnes um, when the robbery was going down. So uh, after they finished questioning Alan, the FBI went to Tamiko's house to see if Alan's alibi lined up. And it did. Apparently they party all night in Long Beach, California. And there were a ton of witnesses that could ID them as being at the party and attending the party. Okay. Okay. So oof, <clears throat> this is a little hit to them, you know? Yeah. So the FBI decided to do um, a background check on Tamiko, um, and they realized she worked at the Dunbar facility as well in the cash vault, apparently in charge of that security equipment, that security surveillance equipment. Oh. Yeah. And crazy enough, Convenient. she was fired four weeks prior to the robbery. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, and this is when my spidey senses begin yeah. tingling. You know, there's something fishy here, you know? Yeah. But the FBI didn't have enough evidence to obtain a warrant for Alan or Tamiko. So they just followed Alan around town for a few weeks. Wow. Just to see what he was up to, what he was doing. Yeah. And the FBI uncovers nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he did not live beyond his means. He drove his shitty car. He still lived in his shitty neighborhood. No big purchases, no fancy dinners, okay. no jewelry, no nothing. All right. Nothing. It didn't look like the FBI, like it didn't, it didn't look like, it didn't look to the FBI that this guy was sitting on millions Millions of dollars. Yeah, it just didn't look like it. And this case was starting to fizzle out. 
the FBI had nothing to go on. Over a year goes by and still nothing. Okay. Another year goes by. Still nothing. The reward for any information leading to this arrest increases to $250,000. Wow. If you have any information leading to this, like, arrest after two years. That's yeah. crazy. Like, these guys yeah. are essentially, like, you're there. You got away. You know what I mean? Like, they got nothing after two years. Like, yeah. this, is, this is golden, you know? And, it, and like I said, it was looking like the robbers were going to get away with this heist clean. Then out of the blue, the FBI gets a possible lead in this investigation. Okay. A realtor called the FBI and informed him that a man came in wanting to buy some land, some property. Mm-hmm. And he had given the realtor $100,000 of cash, which is not unusual. Okay, you want to buy some land? Cool. Only thing is that this cash had the Dunbar money bands still wrapped around no. them. No. So, yeah, you know how every stack of money has like that wrap around it, that band? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He gave him $100,000, and they all, all the stacks had those bands on them. You're kidding. No, I'm not. And those money bands are stamped with the dates that they were at the facility. You're kidding. Yeah. And it just so happens to be the same dates that the heist took place. September 12, 1997. So he as an Allen. No. That man's name was Eugene Hill. Oh. Yeah. So it was like, so this, that, so that's what, the, that's what it is. It was a new guy. Oh, they haven't even heard of my God. The only name they had was Alan and Tamiko, the couple. Okay. And they had nothing on this. It's friggin' idiot. All of a sudden this happens. <sighs> like how <laughs> stupid can you be? Oh my so God. So Eugene Hill is his name. So the FBI did a background investigation on Eugene Hill and saw that he was in fact connected to Alan Pace. Oh, shocking. Yeah. Apparently they worked at another security company together in the past coincidence yeah they also found out that eugene hill was an investor in an entertainment party company one of those companies that you rent like uh tables chairs Mm -hmm. bounce houses clowns for Mm -hmm. kids you know like all that stuff you know who else was a investor in that company hill alan pace (laughs) big shocker there huh shocking it was believed that they were using this company as a money laundering operation. 1,000%. Right. So the FBI brought in the IRS. Mm-hmm. And you don't play with the IRS. The trusty IRS. Yeah, they don't play. <laughs> so um, they do their own investigation on the company. And it was like clear as day that this was, in fact, a money laundering scheme. Mm-hmm. So it was like a ton of money, cash, coming into the company. And they were like... And big checks were being paid out to only a few people. Yeah. So it was just like, and they didn't have like a lot of business. So yeah. So it was just like, what? Sketchy. Is super sketchy. Um, and there were two other investors in the company as well. A Terry Brown and a Freddie McCrary. So after a background check on those two guys, they realized that they worked at the same company as Alan and Eugene from back in the day as well. Oh my God. Okay. We got, we got the guys. So two more suspected robbers were added to the bunch. Yep. More insight into Eugene's uh, finances. And they realized that he was also an investor in some like state of the art, like recycling tech company. And uh, there was a consultant there by the name of Thomas Johnson, who was getting regular checks as well. Mm. 
So as DJ Khaled would say, another one. Yep. So that's a total of five um, suspects that the FBI had now for the investigation. Remember, there's only six robbers. So they got five now. Okay. Suspects. Okay. But it's looking pretty. So that's Alan Pace, Eugene Hill, Terry Brown, Freddie McCrary, and Thomas Johnson. Those are the five. Okay. Okay. Uh, None were previous criminals either. But like I said, these were looking like the guys. Yeah. Everything was pointing that these guys are the robbers. Uh, So remember that broken U-Haul taillight Mm -hmm. that the investigators found the night of the robbery? So the FBI ran those new names that they have Mm -hmm. now through the the database. Yep. And it turns out that um, Eugene Hill was listed as renting a U-Haul the same day. Oh, my God. This freaking guy. So the pieces were just falling into place for the investigators. He had one job. Yeah. And you almost got away with it. And it was to take the money bands off the money. That's all you had. To, if he literally <laughs> took the money bands off the money, that's it. And you know what? After after hearing a couple of these stories, like, don't give your real name <laughs> when you go rent a U-Haul. Yeah, exactly. Maybe use a different name. <laughs> or get a random to rent it for exactly. you. It has nothing to do with the robbery. Exactly. It's just like, hey, man, my that credit's right bad. There, Can you rent me a U-Haul? Both of those things, done. Exactly. So, like I said, all these pieces are falling into place. So they're like, we're going to arrest him. So they arrest Eugene Hill and he starts singing like a bird. (laughs) Remember, these guys aren't criminals. You know, Eugene's not a criminal. So they probably threatened to throw the book at him if he didn't cooperate. So he starts ratting on everyone (laughs) and telling the FBI how it all went down. He also gave up the name of the sixth and final robber. Can I guess? Tamiko, the girlfriend. No. <laughs> but it was a good friend of Alan Pace, like his best friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Close a enough. A man by the name of Eric Boyd. Okay. Who was the the getaway driver of the U-Haul the night of the robbery. Okay. So he didn't rent the U-Haul, but he was driving it. <laughs> so Eugene Hill laid out the entire night for the investigators. So here, this is what happened. Okay. They all went to that party in Long Beach and... One by one, they snuck out of the party without being noticed. Okay. Which is eh, super kind of smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they drove their vehicles to the spot where the U-Haul was waiting. They all changed out of their party clothes and into their all-black criminal uniform masks, you know, the, the typical. Yeah. All right. And they co- committed the robbery, like I said earlier. Mm-hmm. But uh, see, Alan, since he was, like, working at, in the truck facility and everything, he kind of, like playing this whole thing in his head he knew like the camera systems and everything like when the cameras were pointing a certain way the angles the angles went to went to run to a certain spot where the cameras could Mm. see you like a video game you know like like you had to like sneak past the cameras (laughs) and stuff like metal gear solid you know he knew it like that like the timing perfectly so they can get all the way inside without being seen without even being seen wow yeah, so that's why they just appeared inside the wow. They he could have the break they could have gotten away with this, bro. They were so like legit, and then they just like fumbled. <laughs> the, Eugene Hill fumbled the bag. Freaking literally, Eugene Hill. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I guess um, so after they got away with the robbery, they drove away. They parked the U-Haul in a storage unit rented by Thomas Johnson, and they left it there. The crew ch- changed back into their party clothes, and snuck back into the party with no one even knowing that they were gone. So they came back to the party. 
it was like 90 minutes from when they left to when they came back to the party. Wow. I mean, that's actually a really smart alibi, like way to have an alibi. Exactly. I thought, Very smart. Very I'm clever. You, they did so like. They really thought it through. They thought it through. They did it well. They, ex- they got away with it, actually, for two years. <laughs> Fucking Eugene Hill. He ruined it. Ruined it for them. What? A- <laughs> and then he like snitches on everybody. Like at that point, like. Bro, you got to take the rap all by yourself. What are you doing? Oh my gosh. What an Terrible. idiot. So, yeah. Um, so, how much time did they get? It. So, February 28, 2000, almost three years later, all six members of the crew were sentenced for their part in the robbery. They were convicted of robbery, conspiracy, and money laundering. Mm-hmm. Alan Pace, the mastermind. Got 24 years. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. Well, they went in armed. You, you go in armed, you're done. Holy. You're done, so If you go in with a weapon, you're getting I feel like the last time. couple of stories we've done, they but, haven't gotten that that much time. But that was a, we did like a Swiss one. And the Swiss <laughs> like didn't eight have like years. Their, yeah, but that was a weird story. They, the Swiss changed their life. I think this is the highest sentence I've heard. Yeah, 24 years. Yeah, or life sentence. We had a couple of life sentences. We did. But yeah. uh-huh. Alan Pace, mastermind, 24 years. Eugene Hill, Terry Brown, Freddie McCrary, and Thomas Johnson all got between 8 to 10 years. Okay. Okay, which is, you know. So why did Alan get more? Because he was the mastermind. mastermind. Mm-hmm. And then you got Eric Boyd. Oh, uh, yeah. Alan Pace's best friend. He got 17 years. Why? That's because he was the only one with a prior record. He was a felon oh. who just committed an armed robbery. So they kind of like threw the book at him. This guy had like previous record. Oh. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Wow. Yeah. And um, of the $18.9 million stolen, $13.9 million is still unaccounted for. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy, huh? And there, And four of them should be out of jail by now. Yeah. For sure, one hundred percent. Well, yeah, yeah, all of them. Crazy, and that's the that's the story of the Dunbar robbery. That was good. I wasn't cash heist of all time. I wasn't expecting that turn at all. Like, I can't believe what what a stupid mistake. Yeah, and like doing all my research, I was like, man, these guys are so on point. Until until Eugene Eugene Hill, you. Freaking dumbass. You come on, bro. <laughs> come on. Like also, you're gonna give somebody a hundred thousand dollars cash. You're gonna give them like crispy, crispy bills. Like, have you ever gotten like a dollar bill from like a supermarket and it's like a fresh dollar bill, you know, like fresh off the press? You ever gotten like one of those crispy bills? It just feels weird in your hands. Like I you're mean, like, wow, this thing is and that's just one dollar. Imagine getting a hundred thousand that's a bunch of stacks. I mean, of crispy money. It's not even that. It's like, what do you like? You don't you didn't want to run it through a washing machine first. Like, <laughs> oh, make all, it look like, worn. worn you, just, a little bit. you have like, like worn one hundred thousand dollars just sitting around. No, I mean, I think that whatever. Fine. But the <laughs> the band the, with the date, the date is what gets me. Yo. And the band say like Dunbar armor. <laughs> like, bro, the date it was raw. Like, <sighs> you might as well give him the security footage, too. <laughs> Like, what do you <laughs> crazy? Two years went by. This is this is it aggravates. And me. the crazy part is he was probably trying to be smart. He's like, oh, let me invest my money. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> wrong, <laughs> wrong move, Eugene. 
So <laughs> that was a good one, though. Crazy story, right? It was very entertaining. Yeah. Largest cash hide, eighteen point nine million. In I can't believe there hasn't been an an like another one since then that's been more than that. Not in the U.S. That's incredible. I mean, that is a lot of money too. I mean, not not say yeah. it's not. Six it's people, a lot of 18. money. Eighteen point nine yeah. million. And still thirteen point nine is still unaccounted. Yeah, for. that's that's insane so too. So they probably got fat paychecks when they're getting out of prison, I, except yeah. for Eugene Hill, who's probably going to be Eugene found with Hill a bullet hole in his head. Yeah, he's ex excommunicado from the group. Yeah, <laughs> Mister Fumbled a Bag. <laughs> but yep, yeah, uh, that's the episode. Uh, episode nine. Can episode you believe nine. That? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, don't hey, just remember, new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to tune in. Next episode will be episode 10. I'm excited. Episode Should be a good 10. One. I'm very excited about that. It's make a nice sure. Little milestone. Yes. And make sure to rate us on Spotify or Apple, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us from. Um, and also follow along on Instagram. We always post a post of a story that we just did. But yeah, um, send yeah. your submissions to hello at thereadpodcast.com and we'll see you Monday. Yeah. Don't forget also. When you see our posts on social media, yes. swipe. We got pictures. There's scrolls. There's scrolls. <laughs> so swipe on through there. Take a look. We usually have the suspects or the actual guilty party. Mm-hmm. They're not suspects anymore. <laughs> um, we have like usually like either, like in this case, we'll be showing you like the facility, mm-hmm. different things like that. So yeah, don't forget. Scroll through there. Take and a look. comment. Tell and us comment. what you think. Tell us what you thought. Yeah, we We'd love, love that. to hear from you guys. But yeah, um, we'll see you next Monday. We'll see you Monday. Later. Bye.